So welcome to the 14th episode of Metpro The Brief. I'm your guest host for today, Cheryl King. Today, I'm really excited to be chatting to health and wellness expert, healthpreneur, CEO and founder of Healology, and she is Arab speaker, Dr. Hanin Selim. On today's podcast, Dr. Hanin will discuss the importance of prioritizing mental health and well-being during COVID-19. So we just wanted to say, first of all, a special big thank you to She is Arab, Uh, for providing access to Dr. Hanan for this special edition of The Brief. Uh, She is Arab is the first dedicated speakers platform for Arab women in the world. So it's exciting to have Dr. Hanan on. Welcome, Dr. Hanan, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm very excited to be here. Perfect. So I guess, I mean, I was doing a bit of research um, ahead of the podcast and I read that you are billed as the pharmacist of the future, uh, which I thought was quite an interesting and nice phrase and and way to put it. So I just wondered if you could start off by perhaps telling us a little bit about yourself um, and your journey and how you got into the health and wellness sector. Perfect. Um, My name is Dr. Hannah Salim. I graduated from St. John's University, Queens, New York. Um, with a doctor of pharmacy degree and actually ever since the age of seven I've always wanted to um, uh, help with people's health and and wellness and growing up in the U.S. uh, we would do uh, uh, visits back home which is Egypt and I would see people or children actually who are unfortunate to have access to health care and medicine so as a seven-year-old I thought to myself oh When I grow up, I'm going to give everybody medicine and make everybody feel better. And I went on that, um, you know, passion from a young age to really, truly help people's health and well-being. Um, Now, fast forward uh, 25 years later, uh, working in in, um, the most prestigious hospitals in Manhattan, I was the chemo uh, pharmacist. Uh, So I was in charge of um, doing chemotherapy for patients. And I was actually on uh, the board of uh, PNT committee, which is the Pharmaceutics and Therapeutics Committee. And what that is, is that it's a combination of a few healthcare professionals, the doctors, the nurses, and of course the clinical pharmacists who will come together and create formularies for those difficult cases for cancer patients, obese patients, and even diabetes patients. So on this journey, during this time, I would always see uh, these, Patients doing very well, uh, but unfortunately, a few years later, they would come back with um, either six months to a year to live with cancer, um, diabetes, having gangrene, needing amputation, or uh, the the, um, the obese patient not able to breathe, needing ventilators, and things of the sort. So this was always in the back of my mind, why is this happening? Why are these patients who are doing so well for such a long time come back with um, no improvement or even worsening in their health case, in their health uh, situation? Fast forward again, another 10 years and where uh, the beds kind of turned around and I became the patient. So I had developed uh, precancerous cells in my ovaries, endometriosis. I was 40 kgs heavier than I am today borderline diabetes and so on and so forth. And of course, what I did is what I ran to uh, what I knew best, which was the um, uh, drugs and the therapies and the protocols of what we call conventional medicine. And unfortunately, it did not work for me. And in three months time, I went from uh, 70 to 700 on my cancer indicators. 
So it was a wake-up call and uh, reverting me back to focus on that uh, question where I had with my own patients back then where, why is this happening? Why, if they were doing everything right from the conventional side, why isn't it working and people are getting worse in their health? And then it led me on this uh, journey of understanding what might be the root cause that made me do the 17 year, years of research that I call now chronic biodisruptors and uh, that we'll get into a little bit later. <laughs> wow, well, what, what a transformational story. And it's, it's amazing to, to hear about, about your journey. And I think, and, and obviously it's biring to kind of hear about what, what you learned uh, along the way. And, and I guess, I mean, just, just um, following on from that and diving into the subject of this podcast, which is all around uh, mental health. Um, it, it's really interesting, I think, to have, have you on from, from your unique perspective. And I suppose as um, comms professionals um, and all of our listeners working in, in the PR industry, uh, we know at the best of times that uh, I think it can be a very stressful industry to, to work in. So I, mean, I guess kind of now more than ever, with, with so many people self-isolating, so many people working from home, and many of us as expats being kind of thousands of miles away from our families, uh, looking after kind of mental health and well-being is, has never been more important. And I think what you talked about is looking at into causing the root treating the root cause of, um, of your, in your medical journey has been quite an, an interesting one. But I guess uh, looking perhaps in terms of the mental health sphere specifically, I mean, are you sort of, do you sort of see now a rise um, in mental health issues as, as kind of a result of um, the COVID-19 and the time that we're living in? Exactly. So what this story was leading to actually is that the root cause is actually mental health issues. And it, start, it starts with the mind. So without addressing the root cause that started with the mind and what I call the mind-brain-organ connection. So if we go to any disease, you always go back and hold on to the thread that takes you back to um, either um, a mindset issue or mental health issue um, that leads on and procrastinate or gets you onto that um, journey of developing actually a full-blown chronic condition like the one I've mentioned. Now we refer to nowadays of the uh, mental health issues that are we're seeing arise um, directly related to COVID-19. There's a lot of fear, anxiety, and even depression. Um, there's, of course, not only the um, uh, mental isolation of self-talk, but now we have on top of that the physical isolation, which actually compounds it. And we're getting away from our regular habits, our regular routines that again compounds that. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm taking chronic biodisruptors. There are certain things that are compounding your environment, whether it's the um, you know, the isolation, the physical or the mental isolation, the disconnect. Because we are um, uh, as humans, we like connections, we like to um, be appreciated. We have emotional drivers. So one of the major emotional drivers is love and connection. And that being taken away really makes our um, very, makes us very vulnerable to these um, situations where we get into fear, anxiety, and even depression. So true. And I, I think what you, you pointed out as, as well, that, that kind of mind-brain uh, organ connection. And I, I guess as human beings, we're like, we're so programmed to be social creatures, right? So suddenly where we're going from kind of working in an office, where we're seeing our, our colleagues kind of every day and our friends all the time to kind of working over overnight, literally everything changing and suddenly working from home, it's, it can cause us quite a lot of stress and anxiety. Not only that, but then we're taken out of our habitat or our habit 
and it's aggravated for, for example, um, if you had parents who have children, so you would have they would have this break of taking the children to the school, or they would uh, have um, you know um, um, the, the the financial issues as well being compounding on that stress. Um, so now the parents are not only the parents, but you know taking care of the children, but they're now the teachers uh, and <laughs> uh, for for the the children. And um, it, it does. Uh, I, I was actually, if I may, uh, reading one uh, in a poll in, in the U.S. about um, how the divorce rate has even uh, doubled, if not quadrupled, in the U.S. because um, of this uh, COVID-19 of, of not having a break from your spouse and those little things that used to aggravate now becomes these huge things and leading people to even getting um, divorced now. Yeah, I've heard that as well. And I've also heard it works both ways. So it's actually also increasing divorce rates, but bringing some people closer together as well. So it's, it's interesting to see how, how the kind of impact of COVID-19 is really kind of um, changing things in terms of kind of families and work life with lots of people and living with their partners and kind of having to be co-workers as well. Like that's must be something quite uh, different that people haven't really experienced before. Um, but I wanted to look now a little bit at kind of as as a lot of as all of us work in the communications industry where we are responsible for managing our clients' reputations. But as well as that, I think with the media as well, we are constantly being flooded with information. There's so many videos and stories, uh, even on a daily or even hourly basis um, that we're seeing on social media. And I think there's also a lot of misinformation as well. So and some of this can be a little bit alarming. Um, what sort of tips would you give uh, Dr. Hannon about how people can best deal with the disturbing uh, information that, that's coming up during this time? Yeah, so I, I definitely agree. There's uh, a lot of misinformation and um, I want to mention a few uh, indispensable resources actually that's just um, available for COVID-19. Uh, but I would recommend that only for everyone to just follow your local authorities information as they do most of the research for you and keeping tabs for you. So focus only as well on what you can control. For example, um, the social distancing, the hygiene, um, no need to follow the global numbers, the death tolls and all the politics that's getting all wrapped up in this um, situation. So I wanna do mention seven indispensable resources for COVID-19 that are trusted that you could get valid information from. Starting with the educational um, um, scrolling infographic from the South China Morning Post that walks you through some of the more familiar types of coronaviruses, how they spread and how they're affecting the human body. Obviously because China was the first one to be affected by the coronavirus, they would have a lot of the information, you know, walking the journey and uh, before all of us, um, they would have a lot of uh, detailed information on what best to do in this situation. Uh, the history of pandemics is another one. It's all, it goes all the way back from the Black Death to the current COVID-19 situation. It helps give you uh, historical contacts on how bad a pandemic can be. It's also updated every day so you can see how COVID-19 compares to the uh, impact of the previous events. There's also a fantastic interactive page by the Washington Post that actively uh, simulates what happens when the virus spreads normally, contrasting it to how it may spread in a forced quarantine environment like that we are today and when social distancing is uh, practiced and how effective that has worked as well for China 
and the Wuhan um, epidemic spread, where it started actually. Um, useful real-time dashboard by the um, uh, John Hopkins University. It's, uh, it's actually worth bookmarking uh, now because it has a lot of the new uh, ideas or the research in the medicines or the vaccines that they're using or testing to see what's going to actually work to get over this or protect ourselves from the COVID-19. Um, we're all familiar with the flattening of the curve and there's actually uh, a website called flattening of the curve and it has actually over a million views in the last week alone and it features the above uh, about the interactive uh, graph from all around the world data, how they're um, improving or, or their numbers and what they're doing or using to protect and improve their, um, to, in, in other words, what they're doing to flatten their, their curve as well. That's really interesting to note as well. I've, I've seen actually the whole flattening of, of the curve and having all those different dashboards as well. And I know the John Hopkins University one's re really interesting. It just, I guess, kind of gives uh, a more sort of credible source when there's so much sort of coming at you from all different directions. And it's great to have those um, platforms too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even actually the Financial Times um, is usually a, a subscription-based website. And they actually published a useful COVID-19 dashboard and it made it and then made it accessible to everyone, which was uh, really nice. And that's good for them. So it's good to have all those those different sources. Um, and, and what we found a little bit as well from a, a podcast um, perspective, so you don't one now is that even in podcast terms there's actually dedicated channels just to COVID-19 so it's been one of the biggest kind of search terms quite rightly at the moment. Um, CNN has quite an interesting one as well um, which I've subscribed to and it's just basically 10 minutes uh, of short news snippets every day that just kind of outlines the latest development on COVID-19 so it's interesting to see how the, the different um, platforms have kind of responded and supported with things because there's so much um, misinformation out there as you allude to and it can definitely I think make us feel very stressed uh, and a little anxious at times um, but I think it's just follow, following on from that when we are sort of feeling a bit down and you know, many of us kind of live live alone and we're working from home you know what, what sort of advice perhaps would you give to people if they're not feeling so great um, at the moment how what type of tip do you think that you can can give us uh, in terms of just making sure that we're lifting our mood and, and feeling connected I guess in an age of disconnection well, I mean, if we if we connect to uh, friends and family, I mean, you don't have to be physically uh, connecting to be with them physically to connect with them. I mean, we have so much technology nowadays, um, the Zoom, the, uh, the, you know, the phone and, and everything else um, that we can. But for those people that are really um, not, you know, feeling in the mood to communicate verbally, what they could do is there's a scientific tool that's called neuroplasticity. This is a great tool that I call how to empty the cup. It's a bit different than the gratitude journal where you just write what you're grateful for. This is actually a journal that you could keep to actually write down your feelings, write down your emotions, what's upsetting you and things like that, and just literally ripping out of the paper. So the physical ripping out of the paper out of the, 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 cat, uh, the journal will actually make that same um, residual effect on the inside as well. So it's like tearing up those feelings um, up from, you know, not letting linger and things like that. And I also have like, uh, I do a lot of um, my three Bs, if you will. I call it brain training, which is if you count from 100 to one, it's a 30 day exercise actually. 
And if you, in the morning before you reach for your caffeine or your coffee or whatever that you go for to get a boost of energy and focus, you could actually count 100 to 1 backwards before you even stepping out of, you know, get out of bed. And that relaxes the brain, it keeps it focused. Because the scientific truth is, is that your your it's a universal truth actually is that your mind cannot be happy and sad at the same time. It can't be excited and um, anxious uh, or sorry or calm at the same time. So when we keep your mind on the one path of being calm uh, or uh, positive using the spring that alleviates uh, um, the tendency for us to be negative, have the fear, anxiety. So like I said, for the first 100 to one backwards, the second 10 days you count from 50 to one backwards and the last 10 days you count from 10 to one backwards. And it's actually training your brain all the time to be focused, have more energy and, and calm. The next one is breathing. So I know a lot of people who've heard about the different breathing type of exercises out there using yoga and meditation, but this one is really effective. It's called the 669 which means if you take in six counting, um, six breaths in, you hold that breath, those breaths for six as well, counting six that is, and releasing nine breaths out. And the last one is body. What I mean by body is not actually physical activity, which actually is very good, but you don't have to um, exercise to get the benefits with this. What that is, if you're having any negative thoughts or negative self-talk or, or getting anxious or having fear, any of those uh, negative emotions, just the physicality of moving your body. For example, if you're sitting and you're having this negative self-talk, if you stand up, you go for a glass of water, You, if you have a balcony, if you have a yard, you go outside and get some fresh air or something like that. That actually makes the same shift on the inside that breaks that pattern of the negative uh, self-talk and anxiety and uh, though releasing those chemicals as well of cortisol that we don't want in the body um, that causes a lot of havoc in, in our house. That's so true. That's really a good one to think about. And I guess you're right. Like for me, um, whenever I'm feeling a bit down or a bit stressed, like actually getting up and getting out and going for a run or, or whatever, or doing some exercise seems to, to really help. And I was looking actually before we came on um, the podcast and we were talking about mental health. And I think there's a nice quote actually on, on one of your websites, which is about mental health being the cornerstone of physical health as well. So I guess it all kind of uh, connects together in one. Absolutely. And, and it's, there's actually, if I may mention that there in the UK, and, and not just the UK, but the, I'm, I'm going to refer to a study that is actually done in the UK. And it's a behavioral change theories principle um, that's including social psychological theory and behavioral economics, in addition to developing other content that encourages individuals to positively contribute to community development. So what this study in the UK and as well as is taken on by the Dubai, by the way, and I mean the UAE and across the world is realizing that it's not um, you know, just training uh, people and, and giving them the tools and information and, and bombard them with all these um, ideas is that you need to uh, uh, customize or cater to what everyone needs on a different level. Because as um, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton says, perception it actually affects mental health and physical health. So your perception, your experiences that you bring in the, in how you see the world, how you see COVID-19 epidemic, how you see everything 
is always going to different to the next person next to you. Or even if you grew up in the same family, I mean, science has shown people who grew up in brothers and sisters who grew up in the same um, environment, having the same parents will, will always have a different perception on life. So we have to take that into consideration when we're dealing and giving these um, tools to, to individuals. Yeah, that, that's so true. And that, that makes sense. I think even in, in business and in the agencies that we all work in and run as well. And I think that leads quite nicely um, to the, the next sort of question I, I was going to ask. And um, I guess whether you're running a PR agency or, or whether you're, you're, you're within that, within a team, um, I guess the most important thing at the moment, of course, is looking after our people, you know, they're, they're the heart of and DNA of the business. Um, but I wonder, I mean, do you have any sort of tips for people uh, in terms of managing, for us in terms of managing our teams at, at the moment, um, you know, how should we be looking after them? Um, you know, we, we try and sort of check in with our team kind of every day to make sure everyone's feeling okay. But uh, do you have kind of any advice um, for agencies uh, and kind of the people in the team as well on how we can sort of support each other and our mental health and well-being during this time? So mental health is, and, and, and actually even physical health is a, is a you know, a professional uh, driven um, 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 importance that really should be handled by a professional. I mean, you could do, I mean, unfortunately, uh, we, we've seen from, from the professional point of view is that a lot of people have a, a nice face on. Um, I'm doing good, all's well, you know, you know, I'm having, I'm taking it as a vacation is what they say. And, and, but then when they're alone or they're home uh, by themselves, you know, the, the self-talk and, and, and all this negative uh, pushes in really, really fast. So it's very important that we, you know, they have access to professionals um, who can, you know, understand um, or pick up where they need help and, and be able to give them actually tools and, and benchmark where they are and, and try to um, give them the, the correct uh, uh, pathway, the fastest pathway, instead of just, you know, uh, talking about their feelings and emotions. There's actually important tools that professionals use that allows them and, and, and bring awareness to the client themselves as well as why this is all happening. Why are they having, you know, the root cause that I was talking about? Why are they feeling this way? What is the trigger that's creating this um, emotions or feelings that's happening? So I definitely, for organizations, I would definitely, um, you know, have them consider having a wellness program uh, available, even if it's a consultant, you know, it doesn't have to be someone on, on staff. Um, that they have to, you know, have on a regular basis as part of their, um, as an employee, but they could have a consultant come in for, you know, once a week or something for even group sessions or, you know, for the professionals to give them tips and ideas and tools of what they need to do. Yeah, that, that's the nice one to, to think about. And I remember actually uh, joining a caller um, recently uh, on Zoom and actually the, the corporate that was um, fronting the call was actually running a, a free yoga session for all of their staff. And I just thought that was a, a really nice um, initiative that, that they delivered um, and a simple one at, at that as well, just to kind of give people a bit of a boost and to get people moving and to get people feeling relaxed as well. So it's nice, to, I think, to see what the community is doing and we can also learn and get inspiration and ideas from that as well absolutely absolutely i mean talking about the people who are like you know really um uh you can't really pick up uh in an in a organization in a, in a regular environment that might be having a really uh having a hard time 
um, and not speaking up because of, you know, either, you know, the, the, the stigma or, you know, having that, um, you know, uh, people think that they're, they're um, you know, mental health issues because believe it or not, and, well, anyway, in the Middle East uh, MENA region, there, it's, a, it's still a stigma in this area um, and, and major part of the world as well. So people are not going to be coming up and saying, you know, I have these emotions or these feelings, and and especially with with men as well, they're they're not, you know, they're not very uh, open to sharing feelings and emotions, but mm-hmm. they do have these, um, you know, roller coaster rides just like um, everybody else. So they should be having as well access to, um, you know, these uh, helps and, and professional um, care. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was just read that that's such a good point. And I think we and the difference between how men and women approach things from a mental health perspective, but even like removing the stigma and encouraging people to talk to each other, I think is, is so powerful. And I was reading just something across um, online just before the call, and it was from the Mind um, charity. And it was saying that I think one in six of us um, will suffer from sort of mental health issues during our lifetime. So it's it's something such so prevalent. Um, it's something that there really shouldn't be any need. Um, and just as you go to the doctor for something physical that ailment, then also speaking about something that uh, doesn't feel quite right when in your head uh, is also equally important as well, especially during this time too. And then I just wanted to bring our, our, to a close now to talk a bit about some of the, the resources, um, because now we just covered a few different things in terms of how we can support each other from a kind of mental health, health and wellness perspective and what we can do uh, as employers and as people that work in the comms industry. You know, are there any sort of free resources or support that people can access uh, if they're sort of facing mental health issues at the moment? Yes, absolutely. So I, I, I'm a scientist at the end of the day. So numbers mean everything to me. So um, benchmarking where you are in, in, in this journey, what, what might be um, those, uh, like I mentioned earlier, chronic bio disruptors, what are, what are those some of environmental stressors that are compounding in your environment that actually are affecting your mental health? And I do have a, a, a tool that um, anyone can use for free to give you, uh, it's kind of a survey that you go through and it gives you a total at the end and then you could measure up um, where you stand in this process and what you might be uh, having to deal with. And you could find that on www.drhanan.clinic. I also have a surprise for you. Um, I wanna give um, my book, Second Chances to everyone. Um, it's a, been mentioned that it's a really uh, amazing tool. Uh, even though I wrote it three years ago, uh, a lot of people are saying that it's perfect for COVID-19. Um, it has a lot of templates, it has a lot of exercises in the back of the book that people can use to really um, activate, like I mentioned, um, the positive, uh, mindset rather than uh, get going into that rapid hole of negative, um, if, you know, self-talk and, and negativity in fear and anxiety and depression. Oh, amazing. Well, that's, that's good to have and, and great to kind of just go through that. There is so many different tools out there. And yeah, it sounds like your, your book more than ever is uh, is quite pertinent to, to have at this time. So that's uh, that's really great to see. And thank you so much um, for, for uh, talking about that too. Um, and I think that's a great point to close on. So there's so many different tips and resources uh, out there. And I think the good news is, 
is that speaking out about it, there's different pools of people that you can connect with. So um, with that in mind, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Hannon, for, for joining us. It's been really interesting to speak to you today. And thanks again for your time. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And I look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. So that's all for today. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, if anyone is interested in receiving uh, Dr. Hanan's book, please get in touch uh, and email community at mepra.org uh, to receive that one. And I think wider than that, to help support the members during this time, uh, MEPRA is hosting a number of free different online training webinars, and it's also providing free resources and support materials. So if you'd like to find out more information, uh, please visit mepra.org forward slash COVID-19. Thanks again. Have a great day and see you next time.